Okay, good morning. You're in the, the spirit class in case you're here by accident. Uh, Lock the door. Yeah, don't let them leave, right? Uh, today, uh, Andy and I are going to be uh, tag-teaming a little bit. I'm, I'm the other guy, not Andy, uh, Greg. And uh, we're going to look at this idea of, of uh, forgiveness. And forgiveness, it, in the one sense, is a very broad, foundational uh, part of our Christian walk, uh, an aspect that we can't ignore. And you'll see, I think, as we go through the material, why that's an important thing. So it's, a, it's an important part of our journey. And, and I believe it's safe to say, and I don't often say that, but it's safe to say that there's not a person in here, in this room right now, who either, first of all, needs, needed to forgive someone or needs to forgive someone, or, on the other hand, sometimes this is harder, need to have someone forgive you for something. It, it really goes both ways. And so... I'm going to start off with some uh, light stuff here, some, a couple of questions that I guess uh, theologians and philosophers have uh, mulled over over the millennia, and I'm just going to throw them out there. Number one, who is forgiveness for? Is it for the forgiven or the forgiver? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Question number two, is it more difficult to ask for forgiveness or to offer it to another? Uh, that depends, but again, the answer is Yes. And question number three, is our forgiving others somehow related to a, a sort of an overarching uh, concept of forgiveness? And that's an overwhelming yes, and we're going to look at some scriptures in a little bit that, that speak to that. Um, so I'm going to begin by looking at forgiveness in sort of that broader sense. We're going to look at the scriptural basis for it. Andy and I are both going to share some scriptures, but uh, this idea is found in the Old Testament. Everybody still dry? <laughs> okay. It's found in the Old Testament, in the prophets, in the, in the authors of uh, Proverbs and, and, uh, and Psalms. Uh, the prophets spoke about forgiveness from that Old Testament law perspective. And um, Jesus had a lot to say about it. And that's really the scriptures that we're going to look at this morning, is what Jesus had to say uh, about forgiveness. And then we're also going to look at a little narrower way at the, this idea of forgiveness and the part that it has in the context of our freedom prayer, which many of you are familiar with, and you're, you're either participating in it or you've been hearing uh, something about it. So um, with that, I'm going to let Andy come up and uh, share some of those scriptures um, that Jesus spoke of. Um. When I think of forgiveness, um, I was actually driving in today, and I get into that kind of driving zone, um, and uh, I said, God, why, why is this so important? I mean, like, why did Jesus talk about that almost more than anything? And I got a, I got a picture of the human body, and unforgiveness is like a cut in the body. It's like a break in the body. We're his body. And it's like a break between people. And when we don't forgive that break stays open and it's allowed to fester. So Jesus says, he says, when you stand praying, if you have, Mark 15, if you have aught against any, forgive. In other words, don't come talk to me. If there's anything, if there's a cut in the body that you are responsible for on the giving or receiving end, fix it first. He says, if you're, giving, if you're bringing your sacrifice to the altar and you know someone has something against you, not that you have some, you, someone has something against you, first go make it right. In other words, I don't want your praise till you make it right. I don't want praise coming from an unforgiving heart. From an unforg I don't want it. It's more important for you to get it right than to praise me. It's more important for you to get it right than to pray to me. And you just go, okay. So some of you are thinking right now, ooh, so, and you're thinking about your fourth grade teacher, you're thinking about that football coach, you know, you're thinking about stuff. Um, time doesn't make unforgiveness go away, it just makes us forget what's killing us, right? It just makes us forget. Unforgiveness doesn't, like, just kind of go away with time. It's like something being bottled, and it just gets more potent, and you take the cork off, and it's like the day it happened. You know, you, you feel the feelings, you feel the emotions. So here are a couple things. Um, in Luke 6, he talks about um, if you forgive people 
they sin against you, then your heavenly Father will forgive you. And you go, wait a minute. God's like this wonderful dad. He's so loving. He's so loving. And God says, this, wake up, people. This is so important that if you don't forgive, I am not going to forgive you. I want the pain to be so intense that you're driven to forgive others. That's how important it is. God says, our relationship won't be right till your relationship is right. Wonder why you're far from God, feel far from God? It might be because your relationship isn't right. You go, okay, so start making a list, okay? Start checking it twice. Uh, cause and effect in Mark, it, it says, um, do not judge. If, if you judge, you'll be judged. So if you're feeling this this repeating sense of failure, or this repeating sense of lack, or I don't know why this keeps happening to me, or I, I feel like I'm running in mud in my career, or you know, all these things, those are signs of judgment in our life. What does judgment look like except that the things that I want don't happen? That's what judgment looks like in our life. It looks like a bad thing happening again and again. Disappointment happening again and again. That's what judgment looks like in our life. Okay? Uh, and then the last one, uh, Mark 7, don't judge and, or you'll be judged. In the same way you judge, you will be judged. With the measure you use to judge others, it will be measured to you. And so you find, you find things happening in your life that are like the things that you're judging others about. Think about the social media dialogue that's going on. Do you think that me judging liberals or conservatives is just something I do for fun? Just something society does for fun? No, it's not. When I judge, it doesn't say if the person deserves judgment. I just don't have the right to be the executioner of that judgment. And when we judge, we're in trouble. Okay? So I, this is like a, this is like don't drink poison. It's poison, okay? And that's kind of what Jesus is saying. And, and there's another one that great talk about. Matthew 18, um, it's, a, it's a little longer, but I feel like it, it's so fundamentally uh, important that, that I want to read it. And so I'll, we'll try to make this quick. And there's a couple points that I think are good points to be made. Beginning in verse 21. When Peter came to Jesus and asked, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven? Uh, Jesus answered, I tell you, not just seven times, but 77 or 70 times, seven times. And then the parable begins. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity and canceled the debt and let him go. But then that servant went out. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay me back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, had the man thrown in prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called that servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. In verse 35, this is how my heavenly Father will treat you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. That's pretty heavy. And uh, just a couple of points that I think are really important as we look at this idea of forgiveness. First of all, Peter was being extravagant when he came and said, hey, how, how about I forgive seven times? And a lot of Old Testament uh, theology says that at least three times were expected. But Peter's thinking, I'm going to go beyond that, and I'm going to be really extravagant in, in how I forgive. Um, so God, I think, expects us to be extravagant in, in forgiving. The, the amounts of money that, that, I'm going to call him servant number one, the unforgiving servant, he owed a debt, and I've looked at different, different uh, commentators. It ranged from uh, a few million to the one I saw in today's dollars was $6 billion dollars. 
doesn't matter how much it was, only to say that there is no way in the world that second servant, that he could ever be forgiven by his master. I mean, it wasn't possible. So then he goes out and runs into this other servant. The uh, few denarii comes from everything from a few dollars to maybe a couple months of minimum wage. I want to say this. I was surprised by that. It, it wasn't a, a totally insignificant amount, but it was a doable amount. Okay? Um, what we sometimes have to forgive others for isn't, isn't minimal. It's sometimes significant. But the fact, the difference is, one was totally impossible. It was massive. The other was, it was doable. So here's the question that we're left with from this parable. How could a person who was forgiven of a massive debt, turn around and refuse, ref, absolutely refuse, to forgive another person of equal standing in the eyes of the master. A debt that is infinitely less and just insignificant by comparison to the other one. How can a person do that? And there's maybe a possible answer or two. Uh, verse 32 says he, he was wicked. And I, I don't, that's not the answer we want to hear if we aren't forgiven that God looks at us and says, Man, you're wicked for having that attitude. Um, the, other, the other thing, and this is a, a note that I found, uh, if I can find it. Was that in there? Sorry. Um, as a way to explain this, the, uh, this commentator says this. No forgiveness that we might show can compare to the forgiveness already shown us by God. If we are not able or willing to forgive a fellow believer from the heart, we will find no forgiveness from God. An unforgiving person is incapable of receiving God's forgiveness. And as I say, I don't want that to be said about me, that I'm an unforgiving person and therefore I'm not going to receive God's forgiveness. And the, the other thing that I want to say about that is that this whole story, and you can see how the application in our lives, in our own lives and the lives of people around us and our experience in life, this whole story illustrates that such a person like that number one servant, that unforgiving servant, probably just never really grasped or understood what, uh, what he had been forgiven for. It never really transformed him. And so because of that, uh, he was unable to get the connection and, and forgive others. Uh, there's so much there, uh, I, but I just want to finish that by saying, Paul put it very succinctly. We can boil it down to this. Paul says in Colossians 3.13, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's pretty straightforward. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Uh, he spoke that to servant number one, and he speaks that to us. Um, and the other thing, Jesus often said this in the Gospels, uh, he who has ears, let him hear. Okay. Okay, uh, I have forgiveness is, there you go, we'll go back to forgiveness is not. <coughs> forgiveness uh, is in, in the simplest term, as, as an event, let's say, as a one-time thing. It's a choice, okay? It's a choice that we have. It's the choice that servant number one had. It's a choice that we have as well. And that choice is to forgive and to give up my right to vengeance and to trust in God. And in a larger way, not as, a, as an event, which we sometimes look at in freedom prayer, but as a, as a life, as a life, a way of living uh, under God. It's, it's an entire life of forgiveness. And uh, I think this says it well here, this, this last phrase here. Uh, forgiveness means trusting that the same Lord who freed you from your sin will free you from the sin of others against you. Therefore, this idea of forgiveness again with someone else. Uh, he will use his intimate, gentle strength to heal you of the pain of what has been done to you and will execute true justice and infinite wisdom. Because only God can come up with true justice and infinite wisdom, not us. I saw a saying that said, forgiveness rewrites the end of the story. Forgiveness, that wasn't in my notes. Forgiveness rewrites the end of the story. Good point. Good point to ponder. Um, get a question there. Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's more if, if it's a question or if it's more of a statement. Um, I thought it was very powerful. I don't know if you went to first service or not, but at the end of first service, there was uh, the picture of the tree, and 
I looked at that tree and I thought, oh my God, that's how I feel sometimes because I'm not a young guy anymore and some of the young people in here probably aren't going aren't to get it yet because they're not my age. <laughs> but I looked at that tree and I thought, oh my God, that's what I feel like. And then I came in here and we were talking about forgiveness and what I realized is that for me, the key for forgiveness is first forgiving myself. Because if I can't forgive me, I can't really forgive somebody else. And when you've got all those knots and all of those bumps and all of those bruises, you, you begin to understand the concept of forgiveness. But it, I find that it always has to start with me. I'm sure Andy will touch on that in his part because that is part of the, the process, the steps that we go through. I'll turn this back to the um, Yes. I want to we, go back to forgiveness we as can, We can do, where is my upper? There it is. Thank you, sir. Sure. <laughs> Check is in the mail. <laughs> okay. So we know, have an idea what forgiveness is. Here's what forgiveness is not, okay? It's not just a feeling. It's so much more than a feeling. It's a, it's a decision. It's a process. It's a spiritual exercise. Um, it's not just ignoring the pain and devastation. Uh, just as someone who is the uh, recipient of some mistreatment, it can fester as well. Um, lack of boundaries, you know, Establishing boundaries in our life is a healthy thing, and it may be the difference between being wounded over and over and over or just stopping it where it was. So uh, forgiveness is not just saying, eh, you know, whatever, come and, come and beat me up, come and do me wrong. Not at all. Uh, and usually uh, it's not a, a one, uh, we call it a one and done. Um, it's... Um, and there are reasons for that, and as Andy goes through some of these steps, I think it'll become obvious why, if, if this idea comes back, that maybe that forgiveness wasn't really done in a thorough way and really went deep inside. So, um, But some of those things might be that, uh, you know, things surface later on. You know, you forgave, but then all of a sudden some memory comes back and there's, there's more of a need for forgiveness. It could be something as simple as in doing these steps, and again, Andy will talk about this, you didn't give up judgment or you didn't really hand it over to God. So there, there are steps in this process that, that we'll be talking about that are important because if you don't do them, you're, you're still left with it. So it's definitely not, not a one and done. So. So in that parable with the, the king, um, kind of back to your point, and that is, <clears throat> when I know I've been forgiven all the stuff, a billion dollars, and I think about that, the, the, the result out of Romans says that I'm not a sinner. In other words, what God wants that servant to, to know is, I am not a debtor. That's, that's, he lived his whole life thinking, I'm a debtor. There's no, it's just by grace my, my wife and kids aren't in prison. I'm not in prison. I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. I'm just a debtor. I'm just, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know, we, we kind of have that, right? And God says, no, no, no. The, the outcome of you understanding the salvation is to say, I'm not a, just a sinner saved by grace. I'm actually a son. And, and my sin wasn't unimportant. It was so important, God dealt with it himself. So I don't have to. And because I'm a son, as a son of the king, I can offer forgiveness to others, forgiveness against me, but I can also offer them the story of the big forgiveness, you know, the big deal. I can offer them that story too, but I, I'm disqualified from offering them that story if I walk in unforgiveness. Because there's this, there's this, you know, they look at you, or they, they could look at, at us and go, well, how can you offer this, the big story of forgiveness when you yourself walk in unforgiveness? It's just a dichotomy. It's just, it's just an inconsistency. And so, um, he, and so I think God um, wants us to get it. And when we get it, as a son who's forgiven, it doesn't create pride in us. It creates this deep humility. 
and this deep desire to share others, you know, we call it the good news, and it's almost a, a cliche now, but the good news, the really great news. The great news is, is you're not a debtor either. He, it was blanket forgiveness, blanket amnesty. I'm reading a book about um, the aftermath of World War II in Berlin, and it's, it's just crazy what happened with the Russians and the, some of the Germans there and the forgiveness that happened. Okay, very, very fun. Okay, so how do we do it? That's the question. How, okay, how do I, how do, I do it? <clears throat> because uh, some of us are going, okay, okay, I forgive you, or forget it, never mind, it's okay. It's okay is like the curse of death in a, in a forgiveness thing. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry, it's okay. No, it's not okay. I, no, no, it's not. No, it's okay. And, and you just go, no, if you say it's okay, I go home and we both know it's not okay. It, it, it needs to get, it's like, it's like a wound and you go, oh, well, we'll just put a band-aid on it. It's okay. No, it's not okay. We didn't clean out the wound. There's, no, the band-aid is the last step, not the first step, right? And so we need to understand the steps. So in years and years and years of doing this in freedom prayer, we started out with the kind of the it's okayness, and we went, that doesn't work. Actually, we, we actually need to really understand what it is I think this person owed me before I forgive them, right? And so we count the debt. So oftentimes in a, in, a, in a ministry session, I'll say to men, I say, would you like to just speak to your dad as if he were there? Or speak to your coach or speak to whatever. Sometimes with women, that feels less safe. I'm not trying to just be misogynistic here. It's just been the history, and my wife goes, no, no, that's actually true with me. I want to sit with Jesus and say, Jesus, my dad owed me. Jesus, my dad owed me. It doesn't matter. But what we need to do is count the debt. Um, I don't know if you're going to tell this story or not. Well, no, what I was going to say is that this stuck in my mind from a long time ago. And it, it arose out of a practice session, really, that we had where we were talking about this very, this very thing, counting the debt. And Andy had just gone on a trip to uh, Australia, and so he was going to be the, the subject. He was going to go through the things that he needed to forgive. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, there'll be a thing or two. Some of you are smiling because you were probably in there. I was blown away by how many items he came up with to, to uh, forgive this woman who he traveled halfway around the world to see and she blew him up. I, I don't remember them all, but maybe you can give an example of how specific you had to be with that woman. Who well, so, so the thing is, is you say, uh, uh, with a person you say, Jesus, what do I feel they owed me? Not what did they owe me, not, not what would the world say, but what do I feel they owed me that they didn't pay? Right? So you could go, Coach, you know, you owed me respect. You owed me mentoring me. You owed me, and you just think, you say, Jesus, what else? And, and you keep going until there's nothing else inside. You, it, it doesn't matter if it takes an hour. <laughs> I was with, I was with a, a woman who had been so hurt and molested by multiple people. An hour and a half and 17 pages later, she goes, that's it. And I'm like, okay, let's go to step two. You know, it's like, and, and so it doesn't matter how long it takes. And so when you sit with somebody, you say, keep going, keep going. Oh, well, that's such a little thing. It, no, I'm right in the town. If it's, if it's in your mind, it's big. It doesn't matter how little it seems. And so with one person, you owe me this. You, you, I felt like, you can say, I felt like if you want to get yourself off the hook. But honestly... The mind comes up with reasons for the heart's pain. The mind comes up with explanations for the heart's pain. But it says forgive from the heart. That doesn't mean because you really mean it. No, it means forgive from the place where the pain lies. That's what it means to forgive from the heart, Mike. I think sometimes we may feel guilty because we feel like we're being vengeful. Yeah. And, and because we're feeling vengeful, we're just coming up with a list. And it's really not about being vengeful. It's about how I feel and how I felt I was treated. Yeah. And if we can keep it just focused on how on that, then it doesn't get Satan can't make it complicated. Yeah. And the end of the step, you know it's not vengeful because finally you come to the end and often we say, Jesus, is there anything else? And the person's sitting there and they've connected with God and they go, Jesus says no. When Jesus says no, it's no. See the last thing you want to know, think is, I, I wonder if I really forgave. If Jesus says no, that's it. That's it. 
You know, it doesn't mean something won't come up later because now you have a deeper understanding. It means this is it for today. And you say, <clears throat> and we just kind of have a list, and it can be a real list, it could be just a list that we've made. And we say, uh, Jesus, today I choose to write canceled. <laughs> canceled. When you have this list that you have felt deeply. I've had people sob for an hour making their list. They just, I'm remembering when, stop, stop. Okay, I'm remembering because they just sobbed and sobbed as they made this list. And at the end, they took the list and I said, are you willing to write canceled on it? And they went, Whew. and you watch, they're, because they're giving up their right. That's what forgiveness is, is I'm giving up my right to demand these things from you ever again. I mean, it's, it is a, it's a big deal. That's why it's so important. Jesus gave up his right to demand holiness from us. And I say, I, I choose today to write canceled on this list. I say, close your eyes. And some people go, C-A-A. You know, they just, they're doing it on this list. And I say, would it be okay, Jesus, if I gave this list to you? Because I don't need it anymore. I don't want to dwell on it. I don't need to think about it. It's gone. I'm giving it to you. And it's amazing some things that people see. It's like Jesus like took it, waved it in the air, it caught on fire, and it disappeared. Or Jesus went, and it like went into the sea of forgetfulness, you know, which is scriptural. And uh, so people would go, it's gone. It's, whoa, it's gone. Now, the second thing is you can't say, I forgive you, you jerk. Right? So, so the second... The, the second part of this is I, I also have to give up my right to think I know why they acted that way. Because I don't know, and I'm not omniscient. See, I could say, well, you did that because of this, because of that, because of, because of you. We, we have no idea why people, I mean, we have ideas, but we don't know. Only God knows. That's why God says, only I can judge. Because only I know. And I'm merciful. And so we say... I repent, step two, I repent of judging you, dad, coach. I repent of it. As if I'm omniscient, I am not omniscient. I don't know why you acted that way. I don't. I know, I know what I forgave my dad. As in Germany, it took weeks. And I finally, I was done. And then I said, Oh, judgment. Oh, it, it, I've never done this before. It's like I learned this on my own. And it's like, oh, judgment. And I gave up my right to judge. And immediately, I started getting a download about his life. And I thought, oh, my gosh. He was abused his whole life. Whoa. You know, and all of a sudden, you don't judge. You have mercy. All of a sudden, you're allowed to sit with God and see the person as God sees them. And God loved Judas. God loved, Pete. God, God loved me. And so I say, Jesus, I give you all judgment and I repent of my right to judge. Jesus, will you search me? And if there's any place I'm judging, show me because I want to give it to you. And you just wait. And then once it's gone, it's gone. You go, ah, okay, okay. But you're still not done. Okay, but wait, there's more. So there's still a third step yet, which is vitally important. And that is the need you had was a legitimate need. You had, this person was supposed to meet some need in you, and that need's not a, not a bad need. It's a legitimate need. But when people can't meet their need, your need, for whatever purpose, and no one will meet it perfectly. Now I am a parent, and it's apparent I haven't met the, all the needs of my kids. And I say, I'm sorry, I was really not, oh, Dad. You know, no, no, really, I really wasn't that good at that growing up. Well, you weren't that good at it, but I'm okay. You know, it's like, okay. Um, so we can ask God to meet the need. He's a father to the fatherless. So to the extent that you're fatherless, to that extent, he's your father. Okay, he's an ever-present help in time of need. As the Holy Spirit, he's your comforter. Okay, as Jesus, he's, he's like your best friend. So whatever the need is that you have, you could go to God and say, God, would it be okay if you met that need? And just see what he says. It's, it's incredible. I mean, I've been in this now. Two, I've been in 2,000 prayer sessions probably. And people just go, <laughs> And I go, what? You know, I just am dying to know what's happening. We're going for a walk at the lake. Oh. You know, and all of a sudden it's like, 
I'll see you later. And I go get a cup of coffee because they're just with God. They're just, he's meeting the need. Okay, these three steps are key to how forgiveness works. Absolutely key to how it works. When you forgive in this way, unbelievable fullness comes. Now, you get extra points, as Jen says. You get bonus points if you can look back at the person and, and say, God, you have, a, you have a, a will for them. You have a destiny for them. You have a plan for their life. Would it be okay, God, if you give them mercy? I ask you for mercy. See, when I've forgiven someone, when I've for- spoken forgiveness to them, I am in a position to go to the king on behalf of someone else that no one else is. Because I have cred. Okay? I'm not just some person out here saying, God bless Africa. I'm a person who's been wounded by this person, and God will listen to that prayer. Because that prayer is more powerful and more real than any other prayer. So you get bonus points if you can do that. Now, you don't, we don't ask everyone to do that, but you do get bonus points. Here's some typical language. <coughs> Joe, you owed me, blah, blah, blah. I, I give it to you, Jesus, and cancel it just like you canceled my debt. Um, I forgive you, sometimes it's, it, this is a, a, a real deeper thing, because sometimes our parents taught us lies that they didn't even know they were teaching us, right? And all of a sudden you realize it, and it's, Dad, I forgive you for teaching me the lie that unless I'm successful, I'm a failure. Dad, I forgive you for teaching me the lie that it's all about money. Dad, I forgive you for teaching me the lie that I'm better than someone else. Or that men are better than women. That women should, you know, it's just all, you know, all of a sudden you realize the lies that you were taught by someone, and, and this is a very, very deep kind of forgiveness, is what lies did I believe because of this person, because of the way I was raised? Okay? And I forgive you for teaching me that lie. Right? So all of a sudden, say, Jesus, what other lie? Oh, oh my gosh. I was marinated in lies growing up. You're just like, whoa, it's like, okay. Judgment. Lord, I repent of my judgment of blah, 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 as if I know all the reasons that they did it. Forgive me for taking your role, and I repent of it now. And you can say, and I renounce the lie that I have the right to judge. I renounce it. I give up that right now. Okay? So we're, we're just cutting things off. Bam, bam, bam. On July 2nd at 2.15 in the afternoon, I renounce my right to judge. Yes? question about the judgment. I know in my own life, it's, I have a resistance to let go of that. And even the person might be dead. Yeah. So what do you think, what's your thoughts about what is that? that about the resistance? To let, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think what it is, what it was in me is, I think God's going to let him off the hook, and I kind of don't want him let off the hook. Mm-hmm. For me, that was kind of the if, it's like me saying it's okay. I'm not when I when I give up my right to judge. I'm not saying it's okay. What I'm saying is only God. You can only only you know how not okay it is, and you are both just and merciful. And only you can dial in what will happen in their life. See, see, if I if I judge, then God says, "Well, you want to judge? I'll just step back. Have at it." But if you say, God, I'm going to, I've said this before, God, I'm getting way back so you can judge them. Okay, I'm, I'm getting way. And, and so when, when we say, I repent of my judgment, we're not saying that the consequences of their sin won't come out in their life. What I'm saying is, I'm not responsible as the executioner of those consequences. I'm just stepping out of my role, but I'm not saying, if they deserve judgment, they'll, they'll get, you know, the one who sins will, uh, Colossians 3.25, will receive the consequences of their sin. God is no respecter of persons. Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just me saying, I'm taking my hands off, not you should take your hands off, God. Yeah. You know, to go back to the bless them, yeah. asking God to bless them. And one of the best, and I've had to do hard forgiveness. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you have hard forgiveness. Yes. Okay. So I come from a place where there's hard forgiveness. One of the best books I ever read that helped me was uh, R.T. Kendall's Total Forgiveness. Mm. And he did that through the story of Joseph. The book is written on the yeah. story of Joseph and oh, him nice. forgiving his brothers. And that's a lot of what you're saying here. But I remember in that, having 
deciding that I should pray for God to forgive mm. someone. And when you're doing that, it goes back to the judgment because it's like, well, God, I don't really want you to bless them. Yeah. You know, I really want you to. I went into get him, him God. Yeah, I know. It's just like I have prayed, get him, God. <laughs> See, I didn't feel vulnerable enough to say what I was thinking, when I, but I kept doing that. Yeah. Not for bonus points. I knew that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And that was a part of the forgiveness for me. Yeah. And it involved an ex-husband sure. who cheated and left. So yeah. I... So it's like. Please bless their marriage. Please bless them. And the more I kept praying that, and it was hard. Yeah. I remember the day that it felt free. And I think part of the freedom for me came because I kept asking God to do something that was like just a total work. So when you said, I go back to this judgment, and I think it's so tied to that blessing them, I don't know that that's really a bonus thing. I think that's part of our hearts letting go of the crap we got in there. Yeah, that's really good. We put it as bonus because in a session, sometimes it's too hard, but we always say, stay after this and ask God. That's why we say not one and done. It's like the onion. It is not one and done. It's always a process. I want to tie in what you said about uh, sins and consequences. I think... Sometimes we think about forgiveness and we think like we've done things before and we've gotten away with them without getting caught. Right. But the difference between us and God is God never misses right. the wrongdoing. And every time we sin, there is a consequence. So anytime someone sins, I don't have to worry about a consequence. You're, yeah, sowing and reaping happens you're, you're, regardless. It's already. Yeah, God is not mocked. Consequences coming. They're already coming because God set it up that way. Yeah, so they're, the it, it's like gravity. It, you can't avoid gravity. Well, you can't avoid the law of sowing and reaping. You just can't. Did you have a comment? I, I, I just, I, I won't, I, I'm going to rephrase in my mind what I was about to say because I think maybe we're all this way that that would be judging, but I know inside of me there's a little Jonah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Get, yeah, yeah. I went all the way here, and they're not what? You want me to tell them to repent, and now they're repenting? What? Yeah, that is such a good story, isn't it? Yeah, there's probably a little Jonah in all of us. That, and here's just some of the, um, and talk about forgive yourself. Um, that's really, really hard. Um, and sometimes people ask, do we forgive God? And you go, well, I don't want to do that. But, but what we really say is, is, God, I judged you. I misinterpreted you. I'm not sure I know you. And I'm mad at you. And I just want to acknowledge I'm mad at you. And will you show me what I need to know about this? It's not forgiving God, but it's saying, God, I'm mad at you. I am. He knows. You're not telling him. It's a, God's like, oh, what? what? You know, God's like, thank you for being honest with me. And when we're honest with him, then he begins to show us a, a deeper wisdom, just like you came into. And it's not just wisdom, but it's, transforma- it's transformation. When I forgive from the heart, and sometimes that takes several times to get to the bottom of the heart, then my heart changes. And I am what my heart is. And when I forgive from the heart, I am a person who has forgiven. Okay, I become that person. You became that person. Not easy. Heart transformation isn't easy. Um, anyway. It's so worth it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that discussion brought up a couple of thoughts uh, that I've come across. And one of them, uh, it was a, it's a devotional that I'm reading this year where it talks about this idea of both sides of what we're talking about here. Me, uh, me forgiving someone else and me needing to offer forgiveness to someone else that I've sinned against. And, and this author in, in this devotional uh, said that it's, it's interesting if you, if you look at that, and this doesn't necessarily answer any of these hard questions, but it's, it's just an observation of human nature. When somebody sins against you, you're looking for fairness. You're looking for not, not, even, not quite retribution. I'm going to say you're looking 
to make things right, to level that field. You're looking for fairness. But when you sin against somebody else and you need to ask for their forgiveness, you're not looking for fairness. You're looking for mercy. And so, you know, which, which way are you going to play it? It happens both ways in our lives, but it's just an interesting observation of human nature that we're not out there looking to get back at somebody when we're the one who sinned. We're just saying, oh, please be merciful and forgive me. And the other one, um, one of the things that Andy said about judgment, and I've heard it in virtually every, and I haven't been in 2000, I think I've been maybe maybe 30. I'm getting there. But one of the things that, that we, I've always heard said, and I've said the same thing, is that when you give up your right to judge, that little phrase, as if I knew, you know, I mean, and you handled that well, but that brought up a story in my mind that I heard probably 25 years ago that it was such an impactful story to me that I never forgot it, and hopefully it makes it easier when you think about this to not be so quick to judge. And that was, the story was, uh, this was a long time ago, but the, the basic details were there was a guy on the subway in New York. He was riding on the subway, and he had a couple kids. These kids were wild. They were running, and they were all over. And the other people in the subway car were starting to get pretty annoyed. And, and they just couldn't take it anymore. And one or two of them came over to the guy and said, hey, are you going to do something with these kids of yours? And he looked up, and he said, yeah, I'm very sorry. Uh, we're, we're just on the way back from their mother's funeral, and you know they lost their mother. I lost my wife. And what, what do you think? What did the guy say then? What did the people say then? Hey, get, I mean, they judged that guy as if they had the right without even knowing the reasons why this was going on the way it was. And I will I'll just never forget the impact that that had on me. It's like, wow, when I judge somebody, there are times when you know, I mean, with your dad, you have, if you knew your grandparents, you might have an idea. But there are times when you don't have an idea at all why they are the way they are and why they've done what they've done. And so judgment is, is never uh, in our purview. Uh, okay, symptoms of unforgiveness. Uh, you know, when you go to the physician, um, you know, they want to know what are your symptoms? And uh, you may tell them, well, I, I got a sore wrist, and uh, they, you know, they, may, they may have an idea, but they may say, well, look at that bracelet. It's like pinching your wrist, you know? There are symptoms that are significant, and there are other things like, duh, you know, um, why is this happening? But I want to look at the right side first, and uh, uh, number two on this side is pretty much uh, uh, an overview. There are physical symptoms, there's emotional symptoms, there's spiritual symptoms, and this is just a, a general idea, you know, when you are all riled up and about being unforgiving, and you may not realize it, but that's the reason. You may not sleep well. You may not eat well. You know, your GI system may be all messed up. Uh, you've got anxiety, maybe hypertension, uh, rashes, who knows what it is. But there are physical manifestations of this, uh, this harboring of unforgiveness. Uh, emotional, anger, depression. Now, a couple words about this idea of revenge and rehearsing. Um, this is really interesting to me. Revenge is if you've tried to forgive and maybe you've gone through a, a forgiveness um, meeting, a prayer meeting, and there's, you know, it's not a one and done, and you're like, wow, what is going on here? You, because you find yourself thinking, thinking back to the incident, whatever it was that, that uh, provoked this whole thing, and you're thinking, if I could go through that again, here's what I'd say to them. Um, oh, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't allow that. I, I'd tell them what for. And, you know, because you're looking for revenge, you're looking to, you know, level out the scale of injustice that's been done to you. And so it's not a matter, you have to let it go. If you find yourself, um, all of a sudden you see the person or some memory comes up and it's like, first thing you're thinking of is, oh, I should have said this. There's more work to be done. It's not a one and done. Yeah. Say so what I've noticed in myself is um, when there is unforgiveness, it's often not a feeling of specific anger or hatred. For me, it is a compartmentalization where I have disassociated okay. from that individual. 
or and so I just don't even they're not even in my life and I don't even realize it's affecting me mm. until I'm put back into a situation yeah. and I'm thinking well why do I not want to go see that person that, right? that's that's very interesting you know this idea of compartmentalizing things that, that can be a negative thing and maybe in this way it ends up being that way but if it's minuscule and insignificant things, it's nice to be able to set it aside and go on with life. But that, that's a that's a very interesting one, except and I've, you, not the first time I've heard of that. Except if you get triggered and then something happens, we call that passive aggressive. Hmm. Just, just, <laughs> we have a name for that. But, but anyway, yeah, no, that's good. I have another theory about passive aggressiveness, but I won't share it here. As someone who hates confrontation, uh, that's the best I can do is not passive <laughs> aggressive. Right. But, but. I've achieved passive aggressive. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Um, the other one is this. Um, oh, I didn't. Uh, we just got about a minute. Oh, okay. Well, the, uh, we're going to get to this in a minute because that's the last one. But the idea of um, rehearsing, and or or you know, rehearsing is what we just described. You know, you go through and you you know you think oh, I, sh I should have done this, and then the other one is just this idea of plotting, dreaming about how you're going to get revenge, you know. So these are not, these are two pretty good signs that uh, your work is not over, so. Um, okay. Yeah, right, right. All right, let's, let's go ahead to this, uh, I kind of, oh. Following up with what Mr. Stoll said right here, uh, you know, when you see people that trigger your, anger or feelings of things that have happened to you in the past. It seems, and it's part of judgment, you know that, oh, danger, danger, Will Robinson. You know, you, you try to, <laughs> it seems like it's common sense, though, to avoid. Uh, oh, sure. Sometimes those... It isn't always, it, sometimes it, if your experience is like mine, it's, it's a, a thought or some a TV program or something, it's like, oh man, that reminds me. Yeah. It's like not, you're out there looking for it, but you, you're right. I mean, that's not a problem. You all see that as an issue if you try to avoid things. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so boundaries are good. Yeah. <clears throat> so we should all read the book on boundaries and read that. But avoidance means I'm still impacted. What I think in terms of is being demagnetized toward the person. I'm neither attracted, is that what you just said? She said darn it when you said it was oh. avoidance. <laughs> avoidance is still a problem. Avoidance, yeah, right. So, so I, would, I would say, Lord, make me demagnetized. I'm not repelled by them. I'm not attracted to them. They, they don't have to affect me. I can come into their, their aura, and it doesn't affect me. And I want your best for them. But... They, they don't, I don't get hives anymore, I don't, my heart doesn't palpitate, they just are, they're another human, but they're not my job, you know, sir, is that? Okay, it? real quickly. Oh, wait, you've got one more. Okay. okay. Can I ask if, um, if there's a, you know, in the future, you're trying to maybe sound more about, you know, helping boundaries in this classroom, because I find it much easier to, you know, practice forgiveness, I don't think I've ever done it to this degree ever when a woman was in the past, but if you have a, you know, like a toxic person in your life, the wounds are continual, how, how do you practice that forgiveness? Yeah. We should sit down and talk. I think, I think that would be good, because it's obviously it's right here with you, and, and it's, it's like, okay, let's, more time than we have just right here, but I really want to invite you to get with Jeannie or get with Catherine or get with any of the people here who do Freedom Prayer stuff and say, let's talk that through. I think you'll find some real help there. I really do. Okay, I'm so sorry. Everything in me just wants to call off class and let's sit right now, but I just want you to know there's time, okay? Last thing, and we've done this before, and I'll make this very brief just to kind of give you an idea of what you can go home and do as homework. And that is, is as you recall in this class, we've sat down, we, we're, we get quiet, we invite God's nearness, and then we ask God one of two things, either reveal to me, God, the people that I need to forgive, or reveal the people to me that I need to go and ask for forgiveness. So remember, we said it works both ways. And... Bottom line is, is, and this has happened in my life, 
somebody will pop into my head and I'll say, oh, you know what? I, and sometimes it's so long ago they're dead or you're, they're out of your life. But, you know, for my own cleaning the slate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive them. Uh, I have a couple examples here that happened years ago, an instructor in dental school that humiliated me because I hadn't prepared well and my patient was my wife. And uh, you're, you're, you're going to cut corners here because that's your wife. And, you know, I, was just, I, I still can remember it, but um, things like that. And when you sit down and do this, based on that, that parable, the first thing you should do is thank God for the forgiveness you have before you go and say, all right, I need help with this guy that I need to forgive, or I need help having the, gir- the courage to go and ask this person to forgive me, because you've got to be brave to do that. And sometimes that person might say, oh, you know what, I never gave a second thought. Yeah, okay, great. Or the person might say, well, you know, now that you mention it, that did kind of hurt me. And, and you know, you, you ask for forgiveness right then and there. So it works both ways, uh, but there, the... Uh, the uh, time for forgiveness never expires. I mean, if it's years later, you can ask for it or you can offer it, and uh, only good can come from it. So Don't go to the person and say, I forgive you. <laughs> that's, yeah. something, that's something you do oh, really? with yourself. Right. And then sometimes you encounter them, you watch and see, wow, everything feels different, or a lot of things feel different about them. Okay, so we don't go and tell someone I forgive you. Mm-hmm. We ask for forgiveness. The initiation is in the asking for forgiveness. I initiate internally and with God to forgive someone. Because what happens when I don't forgive is I put them in prison, but I'm stuck guarding the door. And, and neither one of us is free. So when I forgive them, I walk out of guarding the door. And whatever happens to them in prison, that's between them and God, but not me. I'm now free. Forgiveness, granting someone forgiveness, even if they're dead, is about me being free from being entangled in that relationship where I'm not, I'm not free to live my life because I hold this thing here. Good. So, Lord, we, um, we thank you that you not only forgave us, but you provide a way out for us to forgive each other. You provide a way of healing within the body through forgiveness. So teach us, God, how to do it. And God, today, every place that we were stirred up because of somebody in the past, maybe even somebody in this room, um, Lord, would you show us how to do these steps? Show us. And and Lord, if we don't know how, um, tweak us to ask one of the Freedom Prayer people and set up a session and just go for it. Just go for it. So, Lord, I thank you that you want us to be clean. You want us to look around and go, I don't know that I've offended anyone, and I've forgiven everyone who's offended me. I keep very short accounts in my life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're really brave coming to this class.